0: Chapter 13 of The Pony Rider Boys in Alaska. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mark Michaelson The Pony Rider Boys in Alaska by Frank G. Patchin. Chapter 13. A Pony Rider Boy's Pluck. White boy, him make shoot. Grunted Anvik. He has shot? questioned Ned. Ugh! How do you know? Hear him. You must have pretty good ears. I haven't heard anything, replied the fat boy. How do you know it wasn't someone else? No i'm gun. It is queer we didn't hear him, said the professor. Do you think he has got some game? The guide nodded. We shall see how good a fortune teller you are, but the joke will be on you, if it should prove not to have been Butler at all. To this the guide made no reply. In the meantime, Tad Butler was having his troubles. The problem of how to get the antelope back to camp was not so easily solved. But Tad thought he knew a way. First, he got a stick, which he sharpened at both ends. The stick, about six feet long, he thrust through slits he had made in the hocks of the animal. Somewhat similar to what he would have done had he been going to string the carcass up, First, strapping his rifle over his shoulder, the pony rider boy raised the stick to his shoulder also, and, stooping, lifted the animal. It was a heavy burden, and he staggered. The head of the antelope was dragging on the ground, which made Butler's labors still more trying. The lad started away, keeping close to the stream, in his search for a fording place, but he failed to find anything that looked easier than the portage he had used before so he finally decided to go back to that. By the time he reached the former point, he was obliged to drop his burden and sink down on the rocks to rest. Phew! But it's hot, and the mosquitoes and the gnats. If it isn't one pest in the wilds, it is sure to be another and a worse one, he concluded somewhat illogically, measuring the width of the stream with his eyes. I'll try it. The weight of his burden was a help rather than otherwise in crossing the glacial stream, for the weight kept the boy on his feet, except on one occasion when stepping on a flat, slippery rock, they were whipped out from under him. Tad went in all over, with the antelope on top of him, and there he struggled and splashed, losing his foothold almost as fast as he gained it. "'Well, I am a muffer,' gasped Tad, finally getting to his feet. "'I'm worse than Chunky.' i deserve a worse wedding, but I guess that's impossible. The journey to the other side was made without further mishap. Then began a hard, grilling tramp down through the pass, the ends of the pole, on which the animal was suspended continually catching on limbs and brush, frequently throwing Butler down, tearing his clothes and scratching his face and neck. His dogged determination carried him through, however but he was in the end considerably the worse for wear. The first his companions saw of him was when Tad fell out into the open in plain sight of the camp, flat on his face, with the carcass on top of him. At first glance, they thought it was a live animal they had seen. Get a gun, quick, bellowed Stacy. Him, white boy, answered the gun. Him, get him. What, Tad? Ned uttered a yell and started on a trot. For his companion, who by this time was getting up slowly and with evident effort, Stacy and Walter followed. What have you got there? We came near letting go at you. Yes, yes, we thought you were a bear, chuckled Stacy. It's a deer, cried Walter Perkins. Him antelope, nodded the Indian wisely. White boy heap much big hunter. I'm afraid I'm a better hunter than I am a toter. Stacy, I fell in. "'Yow!' yelled the fat boy joyously. "'Here, let us take him in,' offered Ned, reaching for one end of the carrying stick. Butler shook his head. "'I said I was going to get him to camp alone, and I shall.' "'But,' protested Ned, "'Oh, let him carry the beast if he wants to. Tad likes to work,' laughed the fat boy. "'Which is a heap sight more than may be said for some persons we know of,' returned "'Ned. Tad dragged the carcass into camp, casting it down at a short distance from the tents. him he big little man reiterated the Indian. How much does the animal weigh? asked the professor. a good ton, I should say, replied tad sinking down by the fire. I'm all tuckered out. You had better get on some dry clothes. these will dry in a few minutes by the fire was the philosophical reply. Yes, that's right bubbled Stacy when one side gets dry I'll pry you over with the stick on which you brought in the carcass you can't say I don't do my share of the work in this outfit I think I prefer to do my own rolling I don't dare trust you laughed Tad that's it you see when I try to do anything you won't let me perhaps Anvik will show you how to skin and cut out the antelope I don't want to know how to skin an antelope we don't have that kind at home so, what's the use knowing about it? I know how to skin the cat, and that's enough, Chunky declared. Anvik deftly strung up the carcass and in half an hour had it neatly dressed, the boys watching the operation with interest. Heap much good meat, he nodded. Yes, heap, admitted Stacy solemnly. What are we going to do with it all? Eat 'em? All of it? Some of 'em. Maybe wolf eat 'em, rest. Maybe bear eat 'em. Maybe they don't. Maybe Stacy Brown will eat em if there is any left, when my hungry friends get through with it tomorrow, jeered the fat boy. I'll have mine rare, if you please. Huh, grunted Onvik, with the suspicion of a grin, on his usually stolid countenance. End of chapter 13